Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes, and sitting next to me is co-host Scott. Thank you. It's good to see you today, or uh, actually be... See me today? You, yes, and, and our guest, because <laughs> I don't see everybody out there, so that was the wrong choice of words. It's good to be here today. Thank you. Yeah, we have a great guest today. We're really excited to have him on our show and, and have you get to know him. His name's Tyler Hurd. We met him through the National Speakers Association, our, our chapter. Tyler is a past president of our chapter. So welcome, Tyler. Thank you. It's good to have you. Uh, and we're going to hear your story and, and what you do. You, you go out and you uh, share and motivate and speak and lift others and try to change people's lives. Now, Tyler is a husband and a father of three children. How old are your kids? Uh, my kids are eight, six, and three, and it goes boy, girl, boy. So we have our, we definitely have our hands full right now. Yeah, <laughs> those are busy, busy ages. That's fun. Isn't it funny how he thinks his hands are full now? Wait, wait. <laughs> wait till they're teens. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everybody tells me. They're like, oh, cherish them now because when they're teenagers, you're going to wish they were little yeah, again. I, I, just, I just want to pat you on the head and say, oh, bless you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is uh, when we... When we're out and about with two kids, ever, no one ever said anything. But with our third kid, we always thought we were, you know, well put together before we left the house and, and those types of things. And uh, people started commenting, oh, it gets a lot better. Oh, bless you. And we're, we're rooting for you and cherish these moments. They go so fast and kind of funny. This guy said that. And I said, yeah, but I bet you weren't thinking that either when you were in my spot. And he said, well, that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> so it was, it's Absolutely. just kind of funny about our, our perspective on things and, and when we're going through something, you know, how we look at it. And just to add a little perspective to that, uh, we talked about how our first child just changed our lives. Our second child greatly did so more so. And then our third was even more. And then you think, oh, if we have our fourth, it's going to destroy us. But it was actually, once you get past three, it's all the same. And so we had seven kids, and it just didn't increase near as much on each child. Are you talking so, about the busyness? Yes. You, just, you, just, you get the routine down. Yeah. So yeah. So go ahead and have seven. You won't really yeah. notice. Now that you've had three, it's all the same. Yeah. Well, I come from a family of 14 kids. We have seven boys and seven girls, and I'm the oh third to oldest. So goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. People always ask us, are you going to follow in your parents' footste- footsteps? Heck no. Heck no. Heck no. <laughs> Not I love no, my children dearly, heck but no. Yeah, they 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 had they had enough to compensate for the rest of us so we don't have to have giant families. Wow. <laughs> Any multiple births? In- no, no twins, no adoptions, no second marriages. My mom had 14 kids in 20 years. Incredible. Yeah, she's a saint. I want to meet that woman. Yeah. Yes. Wow, we need to have her on our show. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> Tell incredible. Tell our audience, how do you do that? <laughs> okay, wow. now, now I lied to you because I said once it gets past three, it doesn't feel any different. I think when you hit 14, it does. Yeah. <laughs> how many washers yeah. and dryers did you have in your home? So, well, we only had one of each, but but we went through them more often than the, the normal household. I would so, bet they were going running continually yeah well and it kind of skewed my perception of how life works because i'd go over to my friends houses 
And, you know, my buddies, of course, they'd be like, hey, you want to eat over at our house? I'm like, sure. And, of course, they'd go to their mom. Hey, Tyler wants to know if he can eat over. I'm like, no, I don't. You invited me, <laughs> right? The, the classic kid invite. And uh, I remember I was at my buddy's house, and, and he said, uh, you want to eat over? I was sure. And his parents were ordering pizza. And we were in the kitchen with them, and they were having this major debate about whether to order a small pizza or if one large would be enough for all of us. And I was sitting there thinking, man, you guys must starve all the time. Because my dad would walk in the house with like Little Caesars pizza and it's like 10, 10 boxes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he'd walk in with stacks of pizza. So anyway, my I just saw the world a little bit different because of that. We just grew up with 14 kids and it was, it was fun though. It was I'll a bet, lot of fun. I'll bet it was a lot of fun, a lot of chaos, a lot of uh, everything. It, it was the a lot of had, everything. You Absolutely. had to learn to, to work together on things and and be have have order. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, my my brothers and sisters and I, we we all share. We all help each other out mm-hmm. just because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, growing up that way, you, you you kind of have to. Yeah. You just pull together and figure it out. So. Yeah. When we asked you, what do, what are your plans today? And you, you saying, I'm going to go visit our friend Dan Clark, who just had surgery. That is right in line with you. Yeah. Well, you know, the, in the perfect world, it would be, oh, that guy's a speaker and trainer. And, oh, he's got his beautiful wife and, you know, amazing kids and all these things. But the reality is none of us are perfect, right? And uh, I had an experience last year that, that helped me realize that. And uh, about four years ago... This is me uh, pulling the curtains back and letting you know who I really am, right? So I'd been speaking for about three years, and uh, I had this experience where I started getting really bad anxiety and panic attacks, and I'd never had that before. And I wanted to hide it, and I never wanted to talk about it because I was really embarrassed about it. And uh, what I learned through that experience was that we all have trials in this life, and we're all imperfect, and that's what makes us beautiful. And I think too many people go throughout life trying to impress everyone else and hide what's really going on in their lives instead of sharing it and what they've learned so they can bless others. And this last winter, uh, I developed this twitch in my left shoulder, and it made me want to crawl in a hole and die. And I thought, how can I get on stage and how can I speak and how can I share with other people if I've got this stupid twitch? And my little brother, he's had one since he was about 12 years old. And, you know, I used to mention it to him and he he had this hop so i'd i'd tell him he was he was gangsta because he had this little (laughs) hop that he would do and it looked like he was he was gangsta and so i called him up and i said i said bro i'm struggling what do i do and he said dude embrace the twitch and i had the it, it was this moment that just clicked in my head and so now i just say hashtag embrace the twitch and as one who likes to learn from life and, and learn these lessons and share them with others, I've started sharing that from stage. And the, the way I talk about it is that we all have this thing. We all have this proverbial twitch, whether it's noticeable or not. And we have to be willing to come out of that cave, to crawl out of that hole and overcome it. And so I always ask my audiences, what's your twitch? What's that one thing that makes you want to crawl in a hole and die and never come out? You need to face that fear and you need to, you need to learn from it and you need to share with others. And so it's funny. I was at Costco not too long ago and, uh, there was this lady, it was, I always go at night because it's a lot less crowded. And so it was just me and this lady in this aisle and we were passing each other and she saw me and I, I kind of twitched a little bit worse than normal. And she was looking right at me and she kind of looked away. Like I've been taught not to stare at people, you know, and bless her heart. She was just trying to be kind. Mm -hmm. 
And I just, I, I walked away from that and I just had a laugh. You know, I, I just laughed at it. And I thought this poor lady probably feels so terrible. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Embrace the twitch. And uh, I've never had so many friends in my life when I'm at Wal- I don't know what it is, but when I'm at Walmart and I'm walking down an aisle and it happens and there's a dude in the aisle, he gives me, he gives me the, the dude nod, right? The, the heads up like, <laughs> Hey, what's up? Doesn't say anything. He just says, Hey, like that. And I say, Hey, back. Uh, with my head nod. So I've never had so many friends in my life. So there's some funny things that have come <laughs> from it. But, you know, really, that that's what life's about. It's not perfect. We're all imperfect. And I think we need to get out of our own way and and bless others and share hope and, and, and go be great. And so along those lines of going to visit Dan, being imperfect, I thought that would be really cool to just stop by and drop something off for him and say, hey, I hope you feel better, whatever. And then, of course, what do I do? I start thinking, oh, man, that's a stupid idea. That's cheesy. People don't do that. That's weird. What if it's awkward when you get there? And then I had a, I had to commit to myself and say, you know what? That doesn't matter because when people do things for you, it makes you feel great. And so that might make them feel great. So you need to get out of your own way, stop caring about what everyone else thinks, and just go be you. Absolutely. Love that. And that message is right in line with why we even do this podcast you know, in, in our intro, it says, stop waiting for life to be perfect before you start enjoying life. Embrace the twitch. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, and that's, I mean, one of the, so in, in my, my keynote I've been working on, uh, one of the principles is one moment in time can change everything. So the first one is give more than you take. Life is like a bank. You deposit, 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 and then you make a withdrawal every once in a while. And uh, the second one is one moment in time can change everything. And the third one is leave no regrets by being willing to change. And uh, Mm -hmm. we have these one moment in times every day in our lives, and we have that choice whether we listen to them and whether we change or not. I was working at Discover, and I was a trainer, and I posted to be a, a manager, a team leader, and we were starting a new business unit. And I was working 10, 12 hours a day. And this is the way I describe it. I felt like I was on a treadmill running as fast as I could, unplugged from the wall with broken instruments. And I never knew if it was going to stop. And I would get home every night. I was missing things that my kids had and, and all chasing the mighty dollar. And I remember I, I opened the front door and I walked in the house and, and my oldest boy and my daughter, um, they came up and they gave me this giant hug. Daddy's home. And something clicked in my mind. And in that moment, I realized that my kids don't care if I'm a speaker. They don't care if I'm a trainer. They don't care if I'm a garbage man. They don't care if I'm the president of the United States. My kids, they don't care what I do and they don't care how much money I make. All they care about is time with their daddy. And that was one moment in time that changed everything for me. That changed my entire perspective about everything I was doing and, and, and where I was headed. And I had that choice in that moment to listen to that and do something positive with it or just brush it aside. And I committed, I committed that day to, to being a father instead of just a person in the home paying for children. And it's changed everything about my life. And so those one moment in times, they change everything and they matter. They matter. Those, those are the things that, that allow us to be present and to be positive and and to change people's lives. Absolutely. And you are fortunate at such a young age and your children are young to have come to that realization because many do not see that or come to that conclusion until their kids are grown and they look back and think, wow, what have I, what have I done? Where's, where's the relationship building? What's, what's really important? You're very fortunate. Yeah. How, how lucky for your, your children. 
Well, thank you. And, you know, I, I am. And it took me when all this anxiety and panic was happening, it really scared me really bad. And I still, I still see a counselor. I still meditate. Mm-hmm. I exercise. I'm doing everything. I pray my guts out. I'm doing everything I can to get back to, to, to what we need to be doing. And, uh, for about a year, year and a half after it happened, I honestly couldn't see any blessings in it. And it was so hard for me. And there was a day it was really bad. And, and I called up my buddy and we were talking and he said, well, what are the blessings that have come from this? And I had to stop and think for a minute. And, and really that's one of the blessings that has come from it is, is realizing what my role is with my children and my wife. And, and I'm not perfect, but I'm getting better at it. And there's a lot of blessings that have come from it. And, and, and that's one of them. I think the greatest blessing is the Dr. Paul syndrome is where we look at things. Could it be worse? I mean, your shoulder twitches. What happened if it was your eye that twitched? And every time you walked down the aisle and saw <laughs> some guy coming towards you and you winked at him. Just, yeah. you know, just a little wink, wink, you know? And yeah. It's like, oh, no. Be getting in fights instead of <laughs> yeah. making friends, yeah, right? Yeah, a lot of explaining to do yeah. there. You'd be wearing a sign. Hey, it's a twitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and that's just it, right? Our life, I love what Dr. Paul talks about. It could be worse and it could be a lot better, but where we're at now, that's what matters. And, and it's really true. Um, you know, another thing that, another thing that really motivates me is this, this leave, leave no regrets by being willing to change because most of us are never going to climb Mount Everest. Most of us are never, we're, we're not going to do anything crazy like that. Right. But we deal with challenges every day of our lives. And we deal with things where we have to change every day. And every day we have to get out of bed. And if we want a better life, we have to be willing to change. Uh, you know, I, I learned a big lesson with that with my grandpa. He's 85 years old. And he owns about 900 acres of land up Smithfield Canyon, um, just up in north Utah. And my grandpa, he I mean, he's one of my heroes, right? He was one of my best pals growing up. My little brother and I, we were, we were in year-round school, so we'd go off track. And so for the three weeks we were out of school, we'd go up to Grandma and Grandpa's house and pal around with Grandma and Grandpa. And, you know, we were moving water lines, branding cattle, baling hay. We were, we were learning how to work hard and invent and create. And my grandpa, he did well for himself. He was an entrepreneur. And uh, we were talking one day about money. And he said, you know, money's not bad. Bad people with money are bad good people with money are good. And that always stuck with me. And he was teaching me these life lessons. And I remember we went up to get some sod in Idaho to, to, to help a guy with his apartment complex he was building. I said, Grandpa, why do you, why do, you do these things for people? Why do, you, why do you go get this sod and bring it down? I, I don't understand. And he said, I lent this guy some money a while back, and he hasn't been able to repay me. So if I help him sell sod, then he can repay me. And he said, no one's ever taken advantage of me and no one ever will. And I thought, what? Like, Grandpa, you're like the nicest guy ever. What? And I didn't understand it at the time. And he's a, he's a philanthropist. He gives service all the time. He, he's, a, he's a fantastic dude. And here I am sitting in his living room all these years later and we're talking. And my, my grandma's sister owns one-sixth of that land up in the canyon. And they've never divided it up. And my grandpa's really worried about it before he goes. And it's been tearing him apart, and there's been a little bit of feuding in the family of who gets what land. And he's put his heart and soul into this campground and money, and he built a hay, a hay shed and all these things. And he told me, I said, whatever happened with that, Grandpa? And he said, you know, I was sitting on top of our mountain. Literally, he owns a mountain. I'm sitting on top of this mountain, and, and I called Grandma, and I was just in tears. I was just bawling. This was tearing me apart. And I said, what was tearing you apart? What was going on? And he said, well... 
the whole reason I bought all this land from my father-in-law was because it was very important to him and he want, we wanted to keep it in the family and I had the financial means to do so, but no one else could buy that land from us. And so there was a little bit of a perception there that he was trying to take the land from everybody. So these guys wanted a good piece of the land and, and he sat there and he said, you know what, this isn't worth it. Family's worth way more than the money I put into this land and all this. So he ended up giving them probably the best land on the property. And I'm sitting there in his living room thinking, leave no regrets by being willing to change. Mm-hmm. One moment in time can change everything. This 85-year-old man is sitting there willing to learn and grow at his age and say, you know what, I've never been taken advantage of, but guess what? I'm making the choice right now. I won't be taken advantage of because I'm going to give it for the sake of the family. And that was one of those aha moments for me. I thought, wow, what a powerful lesson. My grandpa's 85. He's seen it all. He's very successful. And here he is. He's still willing to change. A beautiful message. That is a great message because... It, some people would look at it and say, are you kidding me? You've been taken advantage of many times. But his attitude told him otherwise. Exactly. Do you speak a lot to youth? You know, what, what is your audience? You know what? I, uh, that's really where I started out speaking was to youth. And I had a program called Cash, College, and Credit. And I teach kids about basics about how money works and then how to go to school for as little as possible. If they have to get student loans, how to be smart about it, about credit cards, credit scores, all these things that can set them up for success. But I've got to be honest with you, that's not what wakes me up in the morning and says, yeehaw, these, these principles we've been talking about, that's what wakes me up in the morning. It says, Let, let's go make the world a better place. And so I've actually been writing this keynote and building these stories uh, that have happened in my life to go share. And my goal is to, to make that transition from youth. And I'll still share these with youth in different ways. Uh, but really to get into uh, associations, corporate events, things like that to be able to continue to, to feed my family and make the world a better place. There you go. And inspire others to, to go out and, and be a, the change and make the world a better place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. You, you can talk about finances all day long, and, and to the most part, you're just going to bore the heck out of people, even though it's very good not, information. Not the way Tyler no. says <laughs> that, that's for I'm, sure. I'm not saying <laughs> Tyler. I'm just saying this subject. Yeah, it, it has is, that stigma. It, it, Absolutely. As important as it is, it could still be like, oh, man, we've got to hear about this again. But you've taken the lesson from it. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad had tons of little things that he would say about um, finances. And, and one of his bigger ones was that he would always he would rather have a, an old suit with a dollar in the pocket than a new suit with nothing in the pocket. And those things stick. Those, those are the things that stick. And for you to be able to take those little lessons and teach people why what's that freedom of having that dollar in your pocket you know yeah. instead of being broke and looking like appearing as you've got it all you know well yeah and, and money doesn't have to rule your life right i i was listening to les brown and i can't remember who this quote's from he he cited it and i can't remember who it was but it was in his speech uh, armed and dangerous and he said you know money's important don't get me wrong it's right up there with air but people look at it wrong and they chase the mighty dollar instead of realizing that it's it's necessary to live, but it shouldn't rule our lives. 22 minutes goes fast. We're we're approaching the end of our time. Tyler, thank you for being with us today. Is, is there some last words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, a message of hope. My, my thing lately has been uh, don't give up and don't quit trying. We're, we're imperfectly perfect. And everyone's entitled to a bad day. And it's okay to have a bad day. Uh, last year, I 
I went to the doctor and uh, this doctor's fantastic and her nurse is just amazing. She's got this sparkle in her eye and she speaks kindly and smiles all the time. And I, I went to my appointment afterward. I, I said, I just want to give you a hug, Karen. You're, you're so fantastic. She said, oh, thank you. I needed that today. And we started talking and and I, I was telling her how blessed I am that I have a family that loves me and supports me. And I have all these friends and that, that love me and support me. And she looked at me and it was one of those moments where I kind of put my foot in my mouth, not intentionally. And I said, you know what? She said, you are blessed. And I said, I really am blessed. And she said, I don't, I don't have any friends. I, I don't, my family, we don't talk anymore. And she started tearing up and it just, it broke my heart. And I gave her a big hug and I said, well, Karen, I'm your friend. And the lesson I learned from that was everybody needs a friend. And Dan Clark says it best. If you don't feel needed, go get needed. And so for our listeners out there that are feeling that way and don't have that hope, go be someone's friend, go give them that hug, go be their friend. And you'll be amazed what comes back in return. Give more than you take. Life is like a bank. Deposit, 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 and then make a withdrawal when you need to. That's really my message is be the change that you want to see in the world. Don't just sit there and complain about it. There's enough of those people. We need to act on what we feel and make a difference and and be that hug. Great message. Thank you for all that you have shared. You've truly blessed us as as co-hosts just listening to you and your your great words of wisdom. And I'm sure that our, our audience has greatly benefited well, thank you. Thank you. And anyone that knows Scott and Becky know that they bless everyone's lives they're a part of. So likewise, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Tyler. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage humor, and a whole lot of love.